Welcome to After the Checkered. Ce soir, nous parlons du Grand Prix du Monaco et Petra de Batman. I'm Coy, he's Josh. Let's get after it. I don't even know what we're getting after right now. I I assume, you know what? I assume that you just rattled off the name of the Monaco Grand Prix, and it's still easier to say than that disaster that was in Italy. Not not the not the flood, but the name of the uh, oh, Italian yeah. race. Well, both. Well, uh, both. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but no, that that race, which I the name of the race, which I don't even remember what the name of the race was. Now we're because not revisiting that. It was no. it was a lot. It would take no, twenty minutes to say it. It would, uh, and I had to practice this one several times. What I said was tonight we will discuss the Grand Prix, the Monaco Grand Prix, and maybe Batman. Well, I got, I got the Batman part. Uh, I thought we were cutting out the Batman stuff. Are we? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. This is After the Checker, the yes, weekly F1 is. podcast, but maybe we need to change the F1 to F1 and maybe some movie, maybe some Batman, maybe, maybe, maybe something. F1 and wherever the beer takes us podcast. Wherever the beer takes us. Speaking the, of beers, yes. before we get into it, I got to give a big shout out to our buddy Kevin. Uh, normally, he's kind of the punching bag for some jokes on this, but he hooked us up with some delicious perennial beers. Oh, yeah. Uh, we started out with a sump coffee stout, which is always good. And then, what is this one that we, is it the unintelligently indulgent? Is that what it says? In, in, intentionally indulgent. Oh, yeah, that can's kind of far away. I couldn't, and the, yeah. the writing on that is... And yeah. a, a beautiful body of, bottle of Abraxas. I don't know if we'll crack that tonight. You never know. Never know what's going to happen. I think the chances we'll are pretty good because yeah. these are going down strong, way too smooth. I just want to say, I said Kevin needed a poking. And he got a poking. And he look got, what happened. He got poked hard. Guess what, Kevin? More pokings to come. How'd that poking feel, Kevin? Yeah. There will be pokings in the future. Felt good for there us. There will be pokings. Anyway, this beer is delicious. So the beers in the podcast tonight, Koi and I are splitting a bunch of different stouts. A little late for stout season as we talk, but you know, never I, I too can, late for these though. I can drink stouts twenty like year round. I can drink yeah, no matter what. I, I a lot can of people, too, especially stouts that are this good. Like these are, these are top tier stouts. Like you know, if we're talking like a Guinness or you know like um, uh, KBS from, you know those are. Those are maybe okay. Like a, like a KBS one. breakfast. Yeah, stout. exactly. No, that's got to be that's got to be a cool cold morning right. or afternoon evening. Yeah, it's a breakfast stout. It's for the mornings. But let's not knock Guinness because Guinness is a great happy that's hour true. beer. That's it, regardless of the time of the year. Guinness is such. You're right. Guinness, while it is a stout, is one of those that like I feel like should not be like lumped in with the other craft brew stouts. I agree. Well, and because it's so low on ABV, but it's just right. so smooth. But so these smooth. are these are damn smooth. I mean, yeah, these are smooth. But these are, you know, again, these are, you know, really good. Dangerous cuz I'm I'm looking here. I think this one that we're on right now is that an 11 percenter? Uh nice. I mean, I wouldn't be Oh, 115. 115. Okay, so these and might What is sump? Sump is uh oh, it's 115 as well. All right, so we're Well, I got tomorrow off and my vacation's already started, you know? Memorial my, Day weekend. Can't my, be. My my head might be pounding. I I got to do an interview tomorrow. Not for oh, me. I'm, I'm interviewing somebody, so I might be mailing that one. Yeah, in. yeah. It's all right. Just ask them to I can, describe their their work and their their best experience at work. I can I can wing it enough, make it through. It's only an mm-hmm. hour and a half. Anyway, um, big weekend this weekend. We got a lot of racing. Oh, a lot of racing this weekend. One of my so, favorite weekends of the year. We talk about it a lot. This we talked is, about it last weekend. We did. We did. But this weekend, you got the Indy 500. Well, you start off Sunday morning. It's a great day. That single day, Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, you start off with the Monaco Grand Prix. You've got the Indy 500 at lunchtime. 
You've got the Coke 600, the NASCAR race, the longest race of their season, kind of as your nightcap. It'll usually usually ends well after dark. It started at night and ends after dark. Fantastic racing all day long. Yeah, it's it's a great day of racing. Um, there's so much to talk about. If if we if we expanded out to like Indy 500, we'd we'd be here for two hours. But I did want to point out though for the Indy 500, I know we're going to talk about a couple couple things that tie in with Formula One with that. But did you see the Graham Rahal? Uh, didn't qualify with his team, but then filled in as a substitute for an injured driver, so he's going to race. Which, like Graham Rahal, he's he's kind of a I don't want to say legend status, but he's an established name. Right, it's good to have in a race like yes. this. Well, you know the, what I like about what's going on with IndyCar a lot, and, and again, I know we don't talk about IndyCar, but you got a lot of the second generation, second and third generation. You know, it's Bobby's son, grandson. Is his grandson? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was taking a drink. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got a lot of those. You got Colton Herta. You got some of the other kids that are, you know, who are sons or grandsons of former legends, and you're really seeing that. And I love it. It's it's really cool to see those names still in the sport. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw like uh, Romain Grosjean's been there for a couple weeks. He's staying in a in a trailer in an RV. I mean, he says I'm like living the trailer life, but I looked at that thing and I'm like, yeah, that's that's nicer like, than most people's houses. That Romain. there's hey, an RV. But hey, he's embracing the American lifestyle. Uh, I also saw, you know, um, Mario Andretti uh, posted a picture on his social media that he's in Indy. He went to visit his brother who's buried in Indianapolis. So, yep. I mean, there's just like so much history there for racing in Indy. I mean, hell, their minor league hockey team name is the Indy Fuel. Dude, if, you know, we really should take a trip to Indy sometime just to go to the track. Just And even if it's not the 500, which I've heard is just like a crazy, you know, it's like going to the Kentucky Derby or one of those things. I mean, it's one of the, it's the single biggest. Well, I, I could be wrong. It could be the single biggest day in sports. Uh, the 100th running had 300,000 people there. Well, the thing is that's crazy about the Indy 500 is that there is like a music festival that takes place on the <laughs> infield during the race, and yeah. you never know about it. I and like yeah. people, I've known people that have gone to the festival and they're like, we don't even know the race is happening. And there's people at the race that don't even know the music festival is yeah. happening. So that's just how wild this weekend is. I've been watching that race most of my life. And I didn't know that like, yeah, that the pit, which is what it's called is the it, pit is, and it's in like turn three and it's like an EDM festival that goes on in EDM hip hop. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't until a few years ago that I started reading about it. And yeah, you're exactly right. It's like a legit music festival. Well, I found out about in the it, middle of it because one of my wife's friends was, I was talking about the Indy 500 and she's like, Oh, I'm going. Are you? And I was like, I had no idea you're a race fan. She was like, what are you talking about? I'm going for the music festival. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a race. And then I figured it out. I'm like, right. We're talking about the same thing, but we both had no idea that the other interest was going on. That's awesome. But I mean, yeah, we could, I could talk the IndyCar season so far this year. I've been watching a lot of it. I think it's some of the best racing you can watch. And, and we said this many times in this podcast. I think IndyCar is such an underrated uh, racing format. And if anybody gets upset or tired or bored with Formula One, check out the other open wheel that we have in our backyard in the right. United States. And you see some great driving. I mean, I think Joseph Newgarden is an insane talent. I think you've got guys like Newgarden. You've got guys like Will Power. You've got guys like, you know. Our they, guy, you, Will Power. How yeah. did I forget about Will Power? You're seeing Romain Grosjean come in and really take steps there. You're seeing um, Alex McLaughlin. Alex Pillow. You're seeing Pato Award. I mean, they've got real good, and they've got young talent, and they've got established talent, and they've got good teams. It's, it's so fun to watch. And. Uh, you know, I know we're, we'll probably discuss some livery stuff later about it, but I, I totally agree. I think that I feel like IndyCar is the 
racer, like the race fans race series where it's like, it's like if you, you know, not everybody likes bourbon, but it, it's to be appreciated and it's something that sort of, it's not, I don't want to say an acquired taste. I'm trying to find the correct term to use maybe it's like a good stout i was like, gonna say choose your next like words that. carefully if you're gonna well, talk about my bourbon oh no I'm, I'm i'm only being positive and i'm trying to be positive about it. you know not an acquired taste but something like a good stout not for everybody but once you get once you get a really good taste of it you're like i want more of that because it is so much fun to watch and like you said the racing this year has been fantastic there hasn't been one race from like man it's kind of boring well, this the thing fun. the thing I love about IndyCar is the hybrid approach to the different racing formats that you get. And this may sound silly, but you get the technical driving of F1, yep. and you also get the super speedway racing of NASCAR. Right. All in one. Without all the gimmicks that NASCAR's put into it. You know, NASCAR, unfortunately, I used to love, I used to think NASCAR was, you know, one of the most fun things to watch. This was years ago, but they've put a ton of gimmicks into the sport, and I think it's kind of to the detriment of the sport. Like the, the, you know, like the uh, stage the, the racing, stage racing yeah. and the playoffs, you know, that sort playoffs. of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, don't get me wrong. It artificially, um, manufactures some drama, but really like sports still have drama. I mean, look at IndyCar last year. It goes into the last race of the season. You've got three or four guys up for the championship yeah. before power took it. Yeah. You know, it was fun. Yeah. This is an F1 podcast, by the way. This you no, know, like we said, it's a it's an F one podcast, and wherever the beers take us, and right now it's yeah. taking us to it's taking to, us to, it's taking us to Indianapolis, right? Um, you know, speaking of IndyCar, yep, we're going to the NASCAR race in St. Louis. We are IndyCar race isn't too far behind it. Oh no, I I'm think go- we should going. dabble. I think we should. I'm we're, uh, yeah, I think and we're going to make August. Kevin go. We're going to make Kevin go. Kevin, you ready? We're going to IndyCar. You're going to love it. You ready to you're get poked fall- in the bathroom yeah. at an IndyCar you, race? Yeah, you're getting poked again. I don't know why I threw in the bathroom gonna, part, but you're getting poked. Yeah, that's, well, hey, that's your own poking. That's, hey, that's, I'm just poking him here on the podcast to get some free beer. You're, the bathroom stuff is, that's all you. And, I'm not, hey, no judgment. I'm not no poking judgment. him. I'm just saying no judgment. somebody's going to poke him. It's not yeah, me. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, could we didn't be. poke him for these beers. No, we didn't. Well, maybe. Somebody else poked him. Somebody didn't. Um, I will say that, no, I, I'm I'm totally down. Let's go. Because it's not, it's not super expensive. We're recording this on Thursday night. I can just imagine that Kevin is either going to be listening to this when he gets in the car tomorrow tomorrow, or cutting the grass this weekend, and he's going to be punching either his steering wheel or his lawnmower when we're talking about him getting poked. Yeah, I know he likes to listen at work, too, so he's going to be like, what the fuck? I'm he's going to have to go outside and yell about it. Yeah, he's like, I'm never giving them a single drop of alcohol again. That's not true. No, it's not. He's my well, D partner on a men's league team. He's got to yeah, get alcohol. He's got to give us a... A diesel every now and again. So, um, yeah. Anyways, no, I, I agree. I'm I'm down to go to the IndyCar race. Anybody that wants to go, anybody that listens to this, hit us up. We'll all go together. It'll be a great time. That sounds like a terrible idea, but I'm in. Right, there's like five people in this in this area that listen to it. No, we got a big following over in Europe. Exactly. Daryl, come Darryl. on over, buddy. D train, come on, let's go, buddy. We'll get you some T Ravs. We'll get you some some uh, forehands beer, some Yo, perennial beer. Yeah. We'll make it a weekend. Yeah, it'll be a great time, man. We'll we'll tailgate. Kevin can bring the tiny grill. <laughs> the, the tiny grill again. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to move along. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a Formula One podcast and wherever the beers take us. Lately, we've had some movie chat. I saw Fast 10 this weekend. Oh, yeah. How Loved was it? it. Was it? Loved it. If you go into a Fast and the Furious movie and you think it's going to be this, like, well-written deep thinking movie you're an idiot 
Of course. Go into the movie expecting to be entertained, and this one will blow you away. Jason Momoa was incredible in it. I forgot he's Pro- in this Probably the best like villain that this series has had, and that's a Ooh, big he's series. Villain. He's the villain. Um, I, I don't know, I know nothing about it. Pre- it going is into it. entertaining from start to finish. I mean, like the first 20 minutes, you're like, holy shit. And then you think it's going to cool down and, and back off, and then it never does. It just keeps going until the end. So See, it, it was very entertaining. I liked I, it. I read a review of it and it said it was like a, the perfect popcorn movie, which I, I like. And there was a comedian when I was in college, I used to listen to Eddie Izzard and he would talk about, you know, British movies and how it's hard to eat popcorn to British movies. These like American movies have this, like there, you know, there's explosions and fireballs and he's like, you're just shoveling. Pie. And I'm like, that's what I imagine. The thing is though, exactly like you said, it's not cinema. It's not a great piece of film, but you will have fun from point A to point B. And that's that's kind of all you can ask. I mean, you know, and that's when I saw some of the later Fast and Furious movies, I actually, I actually skipped like the middle ones. So I was like, I, you I don't know. some of the best ones. Actually, so, so if you're if you're going to watch this one, you need to watch the middle ones because the okay. one that they're in Brazil directly ties into Jason Momoa's. Okay, which one's that? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Is that not? Is that Fast? Is, it's is fast, that five? Fast five. Okay, I don't think I saw Fast Five. Yeah, you need Brazil. to watch. You need to watch Fast Five. Honestly, this is the first time in probably any Fast and the Furious okay. movie franchise history. You have to watch Fast Five to understand what's going on in Fast Ten. You know what? I'm gonna watch. I'll watch them all, and we'll have a. We can break this down. We can have like a discussion, and we can figure out which one's the best. On one. Roundhouse, a Roadhouse yeah, podcast Roundhouse. discussing <laughs> Fast and the Furious. Yes. So the name of that one, I think it should be like Family. I ain't got friends. I got family I podcast. Got I live like my that. life a quarter mile at a time. Dom Toretto, RX-7, you know, yeah. his first car. I, I, the first, the first couple Fast and the Furious, like the second one, Tokyo Drift. After I watched Tokyo Drift, and I was like, these movies are, are hey, bite your tongue, <laughs> bite your tongue about Tokyo the, the Drift. The second one, Bow Wow, that guy that's from Missouri, what's his name, Lucas Black, is that yeah. his name? They yeah. portray him as an eighteen-year-old, and he's like forty in it. Uh, Hans in it. <laughs> I don't even know his actual acting name. So. Um, but like I did watch, and then there was what was the one with the submarine? Is that like seven? We're if we're gonna talk about Fast and the Furious, we're gonna dedicate an hour to it, <laughs> or we need to, or we need to See, move on from. My it. brother got me to watch him a, a little while ago, and he was like, "Cause he's and he's and that's what exactly what he said is what you said earlier. Like he's like these are not great movies." You're never going to see Fast and Furious at the Academy Awards, or it's not going to be like... You should for most... A hey, single most grossing franchise in movie history. It, well, I mean, it's made 10 movies. Yeah, but the Harry Potter movies made like eight. Uh, yeah, and it made more money than those. Adjust for inflation. Are you sure about that? The Fast and the Furious, the original one, started before Harry Potter came out. That's true. That's true. I'd have to look. I, I don't know enough to dispute that, so I'm going to use some big words. <laughs> I don't understand your I don't tactics. Understand, I don't understand... I'm a little confused by your tactics. So I'm going to take it as, as a personal offense. I'm a magic um, man. So, I mean, I uh, I don't know. I'd have to look into that. But I also would not necessarily dispute. Maybe like the event, like, you know, when you say franchise. It's a franchise. Like the Avengers and the Marvel movies, like, does that qualify as a franchise? Although those movies, especially the later half of those Avengers movies, all tie together. I don't. I think it's like the, a continuous, like same cast 
yeah. the way that they define it because the Marvel ones, like, yeah, if you combine them all together, I'm sure they do. But like in the Fast and the Furious, ultimately, like the same core cast is in every movie for like the whole time where it's like, yeah, some of the characters are in all the Marvel movies, but they don't have a big spot in them. So sure. We're not counting that. The Marvel right. Universe is too wild. And that is a, you know what? I'm just going to say this. I have a list of notes here on my phone and uh, we're like 15 minutes into recording. And here's the two things I checked off that we talked about. Beers on the podcast, and the next race is at Monaco, yep. and here comes the Indy 500. You know what? I just want to say, I nailed that French at the open of this. I practiced that for like 20 minutes, trying to nail the the words, the pronunciation just right. I feel like I nailed it. You, you just want to, you want to brag a little yeah, more? I, here, I, here, I the floors. I, you know just Hold on. I just want to pat myself on the back a little bit. Yeah, don't don't pat too hard. I don't I'm want you to hurt yourself. My, I'm going to hurt myself because yeah, I'm, I'm old. Cause, cause he, he's too I'm old, old. Man. Dude, put, pat myself on the back. I'm liable to pull a lad or, you know, like a shoulder. I'm surprised that your arm can even reach back there. <laughs> it's popping out. Who knows? I got all kinds of problems. <laughs> There's a lot of creaks and cracks when you just did that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. There's da- I got to make dad noises to get back there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what do you say we actually transition yep. over and talk some like legit F one stuff? Um, down. Well, semi legit because yeah. the next wave of stuff is kind of actually the next thing I want to bring up is I don't think it's legit, but we got to talk about it. Okay. Uh, Chucky Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, Pierre Gasly faced off Tuesday against Novak Djokovic in the Monaco World Star Celebrity Football match ahead of the Monaco Grand Prix. I saw this. I saw uh, I saw a little bit of it. For our American one. listeners, football, not American football, football. soccer. Soccer. But we're going to call it football. Yep. Uh, also, Carlos Sainz hurt himself. Not, no surprise there. I'm like, oh, surprise. A, a Ferrari a Ferrari broker dropped a tire. There's a great photo of him sitting in like the trainer's room getting wrapped up and you can just see people glare. Like you don't see the people staring at him, but you see him like looking at him like, yep. please don't yell at me. I know I screwed up Yep. on an unnecessary challenge in a charity game. Yeah. I repeat in a charity yeah. game, try to make tackles. Like he's Raja Golan. Come on, man, get your life together. You, you, you have to like one of the careful. biggest races for right. one of the most historic teams coming right. up and you're doing this, this, you know what? This could be like the, this could be the domino that leads to him out of Ferrari next year. Well, I mean, it wasn't just him though. I saw like in the first two minutes, Leclerc was like on his head on the ground. He fell. I, I did see, but that. he wasn't yeah. challenging somebody. Yeah, so he wasn't. You know, he just was. And I think those those charity matches. I know that I've seen things before. I know Michael Schumacher used to play in those, and he would get a lot of criticism uh, from media, like in the early two thousand. He played him. Schumacher, I actually think, owned a part of a like lower division Bundesliga team at one point. Wouldn't surprise me. But he, um, and he would play in them and he would get criticism, you know, same thing. Like we just saw in NASCAR with Chase Elliott breaking his leg. I mean, you know, you don't want those guys to, you don't want guys to get hurt. And Sainz showed up to today, this morning to Monaco limping on that same leg. And I mean, we, we, we don't have a concept. We think we might all think like, Oh, he's just driving a car. But, like, you have to, to break an F1 car, to hit the brakes in an F1 car, it is not like just when you're driving your roadster and you push your ankle down all the way. It is a full extension of your leg, and, and I mean, we're talking full muscles. The muscles in your body to push that brake down, to to really get the brakes uh, to, to engage. And, and then, you know, they don't have a clutch, so, but, but just between braking, and I don't know, I can't remember which foot it was that he hurt, was his... Left, if it was his left, that's almost a sh- that's his brake leg, because they they left foot brake. But 
it's it's just something that that is so difficult and like i said most most average fans have no concept of it no i mean i was just like thinking back when i saw that i remember i was actually ironically playing in an outdoor soccer game men's league game and at the time i mean i've always owned a manual transmission car but i had a, a scion frs and i had an aftermarket clutch in it so it was a little bit stiffer for when i autocrossed it mm-hmm. And uh, I rolled my ankle so bad that it fractured it. And I had to drive home from SLU. And at the time, I was living with my mom and dad. And they were down south. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I had to drive from SLU all the way down to southern St. Louis. (laughs) And it was my left ankle. And shifting gears, I think I literally cried every time that I had to, like, engage the clutch. And that's not even, like, a Formula One car. So. I get it, like how no, much pain that would be in, but totally. like I would either cry or like right before, like when the RPMs were climbing, I would just scream and like <laughs> clutch kick it, almost like I was a Formula <laughs> yeah. Drift driver right. just trying to get to like third to four, <laughs> oh. doing you know whatever, not even competitive racing. You're just, but. You're just cruising on the side of the highway in, th- oh, in it was second bad. gear. It was like, <laughs> took side roads the whole way home yeah. in first gear. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that was painful. Yeah, that's got to be rough. I mean, yeah, I've never, I've never experienced anything like that. I did. I was playing, um, oh, that was in college. I was already, I guess I didn't have my, my autom or my manual. I had, my first car was a manual, it was a Ford Escort, but yeah, I never had to deal with anything like that. I was, I mean, I can't imagine that, man. That's gotta be brutal. Hey, you know, uh, fun off season topic. I think we could talk about between the two of us. I think we've owned a lot of fun cars. We, have. we could probably talk about just the different like fun cars we've owned. I've owned, I've owned a, I, my very first car was a lot of fun. I, I hated it when I had it, but I absolutely like looking, it's one of those things that like, I look back now and I'm like, man, I love that car. It was such a great car. My golf that I owned was a great car. I also had a hand me down, um, Chrysler Concord, like a big boat of a car. Well, it fits you because you're an old man. It was my stepdad's old work car that he bought for like nothing, and just gave it to me. And then it get, and then it went to my brother, and the my brother broke the seat so that he had to have a cooler jammed behind the driver's <laughs> seat so that it would stay upright. Sounds like a perfect parking lot for your car. It was. It was. It was a perfect. That car would. I could put like. Three hockey bags and a golf bag in the trunk of that car. I could fit like a so, whole slew of dead so hookers in the ba- back of that car. That that took a turn. It that took a turn. Okay. Um, I may. Yeah. I mean. I. You know. I don't know. Speaking from experience. Seven. But, seven. Exactly. Wow. Okay. I was gonna say maybe before our next uh, Louisville hockey trip, we'll get up. We'll get one of those. But after that, you know, I don't. You know, we're gonna move on. Yeah. That's uh, a good idea. I think that's a great idea. Uh, keeping back to the F1 tangent, we just like broke through the guardrails again, skid through the, yep. the turn, you know, whatever. Uh, we're off. We are off at Mirabeau, and we're headed down to Portier, and we're going towards the Beau Rivage. I like but it. Not Beau, Beau Rivage is actually like the straight up the hill, but Beau Rivage means beautiful coast. I think. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna challenge you on that one. But let's switch it over to one of the favorite themes that you and I love to talk about. We'll do a little livery chat. Oh, yeah. Uh, McLaren. McLaren. Yeah, really, McLaren's the only big news this year. Or this, no, this week. no, I mean, let's just... McLaren unveiled a gorgeous livery in the form of a Jack Daniels bottle. Oh, yeah. McLaren teamed up with JD for a sick bottle. I have no idea if like the liquid's any different than standard Jack Daniels. Is it going to be available here? Uh, it says in select markets, I'm guessing it's probably going to be, uh, it, it launched in Lynchburg on Wednesday, Lynchburg, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Um, and I'm willing to bet that it's probably definitely going to go to Miami, Vegas, and Austin. Um, yeah. you know, I, 
I'm a big whiskey guy. Yeah, sure. I think that St. Louis and Missouri in general is such an underappreciated market because we have such a high buying power for bourbon mm-hmm. and whiskey, but our allocation is so low compared sure. to like other areas. So I think it should come here. Um, I don't know if it will. Now with IndyCar coming, maybe they might partner up. I mean, it's McLaren F1, but they are involved with the Aero McLaren IndyCar team. So maybe we might see one. Who knows? You know, I got a couple of buddies who are involved in that Jack Daniels like special club. You would know more about it. I can't think of what it's called. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I could talk to them. I bet we could get a hold of a bottle. You know, there's actually a buddy of ours, Whitey, I think is a McLaren fan. I think he's got a little McLaren in him. You mean Roxy? No, I, uh, Roxy's a Roxy, little, Roxy's a little bit of a, Roxy's a little bit of a, he was, he was showing me a, a big, like really cool Lego McLaren that he has built from a few years ago that's on his wall. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of like a, a closet McLaren fan. I mean, not necessarily right now, but I've, I've never shied away from it that I like Zach Brown. Um, yeah, I think some of their liveries have been some of the best liveries across racing. And we'll talk about this. We'll actually get into the yes. actual like car livery talk, yeah. but, um, what they've done in IndyCar, their history with F1, um, you look at just like their their 24 hours, like their um, you know 24 hours of Le Mans or their 24 hours of Daytona cars, and let's not just forget like the the supercars they produce. I mean, I like sure. a, I like a good McLaren. Oh, it, it's hard for me because McLaren was like the villain of my uh, of my formative years, being a Ferrari fan and a Schumacher fan. It was McLaren and Mika Hockin, and and then it was McLaren, and it, honestly, then Kimi Raikkonen, and then Lewis Hamilton, and they, I mean, great cars, and I, you know, but it was always like a tip your hat, God, they got us, you know, they had, they would build these awesome cars, they were super fast, but again, it was Adrian Newey building these cars, Shocking. and yeah, I mean, but they also had that that crazy fast McLaren engine. I remember there was a, I think it was qualifying Pedro De La Rosa for one year, and he ran a crazy fast lap at. Oh, at we just talked about that. Yeah, uh, at, uh, at Monza. Uh, yeah, with yeah. with one of those McLarens was just and and the like when McLaren and Mercedes were teamed up and you had the silver McLarens, I thought those were those were beautiful. When Mercedes left McLaren and McLaren started to become its own like entity, and. They went more towards, they went back towards what you saw them in the 80s, which I, I didn't see them in the 80s, but they went, you know, the all black at first with Alonzo when he was there, and then they went into the orange, and now what you're seeing, I mean, and, and we'll talk about the livery that they're running this weekend, and what they're running in IndyCar, which I think are awesome well i think they're so cool let's just jump right into that yeah uh, for the formula one race this weekend and for the uh the race in spain they're running what they're calling their triple crown yep. livery so it's got three distinct colors all combined into one on the f1 car and you really got to follow indycar you know i guess you don't have to but if you look at the indycar liveries that they're running the mclaren aero team is running in the indy 500 this weekend it makes a lot more sense as to what McLaren F1 did. Right. And uh, I know you you were really excited about this, so I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, so so the the F1 car has a – let me let me pull up a picture of it again because I want to make sure that I have the – I want to make sure that I get the colors right. Um, so the back half of it is orange, which is a throwback to – is that a throwback to, yeah, Johnny Rutherford at the Indy 574? Yes. And then the middle half of it is kind of white, which is sort of the throwback to the old Marlboro livery that you saw with Alain Prost in 84 at Monaco. And then the front half of it is black. And that is a 
throwback to the 95 24 hours long all races that they won those are the three triple crown races and we call them triple crown the triple so, yeah, crown it's, of the, it's the triple car, triple crown livery yeah right. what they're calling triple it. crown is monaco grand prix indy 500 24 hours of Le Mans. and at indianapolis this weekend they're running individual cars of each one of those they're running an all orange uh one kind of throwback to johnny rutherford they're running a sort of former it's orange and white, but it but it has the hints of that Marlboro livery like that the you saw Allenser in the eighties. Yeah, that you saw in the eighties with was that Allenser Junior. Yeah. It was Allenser Junior running for Penske. Yeah, the the Penske cars had Marlboro sponsorship for a long time in IndyCar. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, yeah, and but that was the same. That was right. like the Senna and Prost when they drove for McLaren. That was their so right. Their yeah. cars were the same yeah. color, and then the uh, the other one. I think the other one's Pato Award is. An all black car, which yeah. is a throwback to Pedal Awards is sick. That's my yeah, favorite one. That's a throwback to the um to the twenty four hours of Le Mans car. And they're beautiful. And honestly, I mean, as much as I grew up, you know, not liking McLaren, I would love to see one of those up on the uh, drink some with milk all over it on Sunday after the uh after the Indy five hundred. So for, for so for those that don't know, yeah. Coy's not being a, a sicko not, here. Yeah, they, not being uh, a the tradition is is that you when you win the Indy five hundred you drink milk. Um, and I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, I looked up why they actually do drink milk and it's because when that racing first started, uh, milk was kind of like a rarity or delicacy. So the yeah. winners, and it also would help them, um, refuel lots of protein. Um, those drivers didn't have the technology they have today to like refuel while they're racing. So, uh, you got to drink milk afterwards to right. help your muscles heal and, you know, not be milk was a bad choice. It's a good choice for them. So I can't uh, imagine I've never been like, man, I'm really hot and I've just done a workout. You know, I've lost a lot. Of, I'm really yeah, so but thirsty, like, but when man, that I when that tradition milk. started, though, like you were right. probably like right in your teens, yeah, so I, was, I know. I mean, you I probably was, know what it's was, like that yeah, it's like I was doctors aware. made you I, drink. Milk. Listen, I milked the cow. They didn't even have. By the way, let's not think about this. this. No, no, at no. the time, no. Hold on, at the time, I'm not even sure that they had like two percent. That would have been whole milk. How gross is that? I don't know. You tell me. You drank it. Have you ever drank whole milk? No, because I'm not two hundred years old like you. I mean, I I don't I don't really drink milk really at all. But even like, yeah, no whole milk. I've had it a couple. We, we're we're not yeah. going to be a milk podcast. Yeah, so I'm, moving, I'm moving podcast. this on. I'm moving this right. on. Let's get to Good some idea. more Formula One news right now. Keep going on. Let's switch over to another team that starts with an M. Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you got a lot to talk about with the actual car, uh, so I I'm going to nip something else in the bud real quick. Um, a lot of reports linked Hamilton to signing with Ferrari after the season. The uh, multi-world champ came out and said he expects to sign a new deal soon, and he is not going to Ferrari. So that kind of came out today or yesterday, one of those two. But anyway, it doesn't sound like that he's going to Ferrari and he's going to stay with Mercedes. Now, the other big piece of news is something that you have said since before we even really started getting into the season. We were recording, but before even the season started was that we will see side pods on a Mercedes mm-hmm. before the halfway point of the season. Yep. And you freaking nailed it, man. I think we would have seen him at Imola. Honestly, I, and you know, and I was kind of, th- I well, talked so, to you. Hold on. Yeah. So, so the, the photos came out, Mercedes yep. car, the W14 has side pods now. And they're, they look an awful lot like those Red Bull side pods. A little coincidental. So, hey, um, I'm hoping that Christian Horner saying, where's the competition at, that this comes and bites him in the ass. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing, too, is that I know we're going to get into a lot of the side pod talk, but there was other changes that were made, too, like with the suspension. We won't get into right. that, but uh, yeah, the floor is yours, my yeah, friend, about the side ton pods. Of, well, it, it's more just the technological um, 
innovations that I think were all meant to come at Imola. Maybe not all of them, because I know that there's a lot of uh, innovations that would have come. You know, Imola is not as high downforce as what you're going to see here at Monaco. Um, I know that Mercedes or Red Bull is coming in with a little bit of a new floor this weekend. They've got uh, some new rear wing elements. Ferrari's got some new brake elements. Um, and I think a new end plate on their front wing is what I was seeing. I, I've i seen quite a few pictures of some of the, and, and they're not the only teams that have made innovations. There's been everybody's, that's the great thing about Formula One is that everybody throughout the seasons, the cars are in evolution from, from race one to the end of the season. Um, I, It's so risky to bring an innovation. I know that it's, it's so risky to bring an innovation to Monaco and debut it here because it's not a great track for innovation because it's such a, there's not long straights. The longest straight is, I mean, it's, it's not any, like, it's not comparable to any straight you'd see on any track. So the only thing that I could think of is that maybe Mercedes is just saying, Hey, we're probably like with or without these, we're not going to qualify one or two. And ultimately at Monaco, unless something happens, you need to qualify one or two yeah, you gotta be on the front to row. have a shot to win. And so maybe they're just saying, hey, let's get any data that we can. Let's unveil it. Let's get the hype going. Or, or Toto Wolf, Bond villain that we know, has something up his sleeve that none of us know. I just and assume that the- Toto always has something up his sleeve. Always <laughs> something up his slightly rolled up Oxford sleeve. The Tommy Hilfiger yeah, logo, Tommy Hilfiger. looking like he doesn't care, but secretly he planned it that way. He yeah. he ironed the shirt so it would roll up perfect. Yes. I mean, th- listen, that man has never put a cuff wrong. I've never seen Oxford cuffs with such such strong creases in my life. Rumor has it those shirts don't even actually roll down. They're sewn <laughs> yeah. that way. You know what? No, I actually wouldn't be surprised. I bought a shirt one time. It was oh, a Brooks Brothers shirt. God. And I, I was, it was, it was one of those shirts. Where did I buy? I buy it like Nordstrom Rack or something. If you bought it, it's a if it's a Brooks Brothers shirt. It was a Brooks. It was a really Brooks nice Brothers? shirt. No, I didn't buy it at Brooks Brothers. I bought it somewhere else. But when I tried it on, like the the shirt itself fit me fantastically, but the sleeves like came to not even my wrists, and it was a like it was such an odd cut of shirt that I didn't understand it. But I rolled them up and I was like, this is perfect. And I wonder if that's what Toto does. I wonder if Toto like, has his like specifically cut to where they roll it. Like when I wears, roll that shirt, he wears Tommy Hilfiger shirt. That's true. Well, not yeah, I mean, obviously it's not Brooks Brothers, but maybe he's got, maybe he does a short short sleeve on that so that it rolls up well. We've been off on a lot of tangents. That might have yeah. been the most like left field <laughs> one we've done. I mean, really, we were talking about the Painted Gang and Batman last week. Those movies rocked, and you know it. They are, but I'm just talking about, like, you want to talk about left field? By the way, should we open this? I was just going to say I'm empty on a beer. Do you want yeah, to pause for station yeah. identification? No, open we don't a beer? need to pause. Let's just keep on keeping on. All right. All right. So, so, um, so yeah, yeah. anyways, I, I just, it's it's risky to bring innovations to Monaco because of the nature of the of Monaco. It is a track that is, that it, the, the demands extremely high downforce has a lot of turns, not a lot of room, and not a lot of room for error, which is another thing that you you need to. I don't want you, you need you need to be able to to achieve high downforce. That's what you'll see out of Ferrari, out of Mercedes. 
most likely Mercedes. I mean, I, I would assume that Mercedes are not going to debut something that doesn't work, but and especially at a Red Bull. I mean, they're going to have a, a car that's going to be quick on, this, on the streets. I just want to point out that was a first for this podcast that I actually got up from my microphone and went over so Koi could pour me a beer. I was talking about innovations in racing. <laughs> oh, my God, that tastes so good. We just opened an Abraxas. So yes. This is a, you know what? For everybody who ever says, is this a beer racing podcast? Again, it's both. It's both. We like beer. It's both. Deal with it. Oh, it's so good. So good. I, I would drink mine, but you got like a good two inches of foam. You know what? Mine. I was talking about downforce and breaking. Yeah, but yours looks perfect. Well, you know. Yeah. Sucks to suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you would open it. I, no, I, uh, I, I think, but technically speaking, what we've seen and what we're going to see in the, in the coming weeks, I know Ferrari have talked about new side pods. I don't think that they're going to debut them here. Like I said, new brakes. I actually look for this race to be like the one opportunity for someone else to grab one. I've said it last week, maybe the week before. I think Alonzo is going to have a good shot at this track. Well, he has succeeded here in the, has he won here? I don't well, know if he's let's, won here. I have a little bit more news to talk okay. about. And then, okay. um, when we get into the betting, we can kind of talk about with like our bold predictions and things sure. like that. And then we'll cover that. Um, so the next piece of news that I have, um, Honda is going to supply Aston Martin with their engine starting in 2026. So it's kind of big news because Honda kind of was talking about phasing out of formula one, mm-hmm. providing power, uh, uh, engines to teams. And currently they supply Red Bull with engines, but then Red Bull is switching to partner with Ford to build yep. their own engines and, uh, yeah, Honda announced that they're going to spy Aston Martin with engines starting in 2026. I think that's interesting. I, I'm glad that Honda's going to stay around the sport. They had that failed sort of stint with McLaren, which is hilarious. I mean, I feel bad for Honda. I feel bad for McLaren, actually, because that was a major problem when Honda was there, was their engine and their engine abilities. Uh, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an engine supplier that's been around the sport for a long time. And you want to see him stay around. I agree. But I, I just took a sip of this Abraxas. And, look, I love Sump. And this other one was good. But they don't even compare. It. Don't even Doesn't compare. even touch it. So good. I can also, like, feel the hangover I'm going to have Oh, tomorrow. I'm going to be hammered. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a rough drive to, like, tomorrow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say tonight. I'm like, buddy, you no. No, no, no. We ain't, we ain't going to Lake tonight. Not, not after happening. cracking the Abraxas. Tell the family it's not happening. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think I I I I'm glad that Honda's staying around though. And it'll be and I'll be glad to have Ford actually back in the sport. I don't remember I think the last team I remember them supply did they do it with they're with I remember when I started watching the sport they were with Jackie Stewart's with Stewart Racing. And then I think they provided Jaguar with engines. I think they were involved in Jaguar's engines. Well, they used to own Jaguar for a while. Yeah, I think so they, that would make yeah. sense. Uh, and I'm talking about from like a uh, mm-hmm. manufacturing standpoint. Um, no, I agree with you. Honda being back into it. I mean, they're without Honda, IndyCar is not where it's at right now. This all circles back to IndyCar. Right. I mean, I, I wish Ford would get involved with IndyCar. Right now, we just have Chevy and yeah, Honda. Chevy and Honda. I would love to see a third manufacturer in there. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Honda being in another open wheel sport is is great for the sport. Uh, keeping on the Red Bull theme. Red Bull has a contest right now where you can go on and design their livery for their race in Austin. And if you win, they will uh, fly you there, all expenses trade, all expenses paid trip to the Austin Grand Prix. Hmm. You know, I'm no graphic design. 
I don't think that they're act, yeah. like it's a pretty like standard template. It's like what yeah. NASCAR did with uh, with Kyle Busch. Okay, when you could like design his car, like it's a preset template, and you could like do whatever you want. So I'm oh, thinking, cool. I'm thinking like you know his car was. A lot of people laughed at him when I think that little girl won, and it was a yeah, pinkish pink, purple with unicorns. Yep. And uh, Skittles was like, "We got this because no, he raced yeah. from Mars." And uh, dude, he rocked it. Yeah, and he rocked it with pride. His race suit was even that same color yep. with the unicorn going across it, and people dogged him. And then uh, I think it was hilarious when he was passing people in a pink and purple unicorn car and dusted them. <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have my daughter draw. I'm like, I'm like Julia. Let's get on this. Yeah, but knowing Red Bull, they'd only send her. Like, oh no, yeah, they, no, that's exactly what they do. They'd be like, "Wait a minute, sir. Do you have Ferrari fan, Ferrari gear in your closet? You have a Mercedes shirt too. Yeah, you're not coming." Your daughter can come. You can't come. And then when they're over the cost cap, they're going to blame her for it. They will. They're gonna, you know what? They're going to be like, yeah, well, you know, we had to use all of that money we to, had to wrap the car because she had pink and purple and yellow. We had we had to buy her candy bars and pouches, and uh, yeah. that, that took us the $2 million over the snacks, cost cap. The fruit snacks that we had to buy her were so much that it took us $19 million over the cap. You're telling me my daughter ate $2 million <laughs> worth of fruit snacks? Yeah. Not even Christian, mad. I'm, I'm Christian, impressed. Christian, I want you to look me in the face. And you tell me that she ate four million dollars in pop ice. You're a liar, sir. No, I, I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna do, though. I'm gonna have her design it. Cause I mean, you know, I, my design would be like, please go slower. You're ruining this year for me. No, design one and put our podcast emblem on it. I will. <laughs> that would I be hilarious will. if it won. Absolutely. Well, did you see, this is a little off the, I don't even know if you've seen this oh, guy. Oh, jeez. Here we go. There's this guy on TikTok who's like, he wears old school NASCAR shirts and he always I'm does a I'm proud of you that you know what TikTok is. He, he does videos of like, like, he like wears like, like 80s and 70s NASCAR shirts. And so the video is always like him walking out of a, a liquor store or something. He's putting a toothpick in his mouth. Well, he went to the NASCAR all-star race this last weekend was like putting his sticker. Like, I guess he's got his own brand now. He's putting his sticker on races on cars. <laughs> like any, they made it into the race. Oh, hey, cause that's... the all-star race didn't count for. Anything. No, I will never forget the first year I went to the Daytona 500. Um, Ryan Newman, his team, they, um, he wrecked, he wrecked a couple cars. He had to use a teammate's car and Army was sponsoring him, mm-hmm. and they were doing a flat black and flat green uh, livery. Yeah. And uh, the car, the shell of the car that they were using from his teammate was red. And I remember I was in the pits, and there was like a red, like they didn't have enough wrap, and there was like a red pinstripe going down the side. And I'm just like watching it because in the pits you can watch it, and they're just like, I don't care what you do, make it make it black. And uh, <laughs> one of the one of the guys is like. Who's got Sharpies? And they literally got Sharpies <laughs> and colored down the side of the car. And that's how he raced. It was with a Sharpie colored car. That's great. And it wasn't just like, I'm not talking about like a centimeter. It was like a good inch yeah. and a half gap all around the car that you just see. You see these engineers, like some of the brightest minds, right. coloring with a Sharpie to color it black. And they'd run out and they'd throw it and they'd grab another one because they're trying to make this, the race. If you listen, you know, I, if you listen, like consume any of the nascar content like the the amount of like last minute paint job stuff that goes on in that sport and they don't do it now because they all wrap them but the the stuff were like well we had to work on the car all night and then we had to get it to a a paint shop outside daytona at 7 a.m to get it painted by 10 so it was back in time to race like the amount of that stuff that goes on is hilarious 
I think it was there was I was listening to um, Dale Jr. was talking about Matt Kenseth's first win in NASCAR. That car was like the wrong colors for their sponsor, and they just threw the sponsor on it. Was that before the Dewalt car? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a it was a crazy story, but. Yeah, the amount of that stuff that goes on in NASCAR, it does not surprise me. And it's something that, like, I wonder, you know, in Formula One, I know that they wrap them in Formula One, too, but they, but they like, come to the track with three of every part, three front wings and three engine covers and three, you know, three noses and all that, and three rear and wings. Then, and then you get over to NASCAR, and they're like, you're telling me I can put duct tape on a car and get out there and finish it? And NASCAR's like, looks good to me. Yep. Duct tape that bitch. Yeah. Bondo. Get it out there right Give now. Give me some bear bond and we'll we've go. Seen, we've seen cars finish races and get points with yeah. duct tape on it. Oh, yeah. Some of the short tracks, you'll see cars with like just that, that tape. Over, that Is it bear bond? Is that what it's called? That big tape that they have? That they throw no, that the is. But, I mean, what, I think it was last year we actually saw it. I want to say it was Ryan Blaney actually had his like rear fender duct tape on and he finished yeah. the race. Yeah. They're like, oh, I mean, get that thing back out exactly. there right now. Get it out. Get it out. We need the points. Get it out there. Sponsors are paying good money. You get that thing out there yeah. and you lap it. Exactly. I don't care if it's a, if it's dangerous look, and inconvenient. Look, you it drive says that. Menards on the front. You get it out there. Menards needs that. We sell duct tape at Menards. <laughs> put it out there. Right. Gorilla oh. tape. Get it out there. All right. Well, that's all the news I had. Any news that you want to talk no, about? No, there's not a lot. I mean, that was a lot of news. I mean, that, that was a lot, lot of news. For, yeah. It was a lot of, a lot, lot of tangents. I blame the beer. Ipso facto, I blame Kevin. Yep. Yep. It's Kevin's fault. Okay. Um, no, no more news really. This weekend, head. as we talked about, yes. is the Formula One Grand Prix de Monaco 2023. And as I said at the beginning, that is a name for a race. Not yeah. the Emiliano Romano, the butter, the da 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 da, whatever it was. What was it again? The Emiliano Romagna made See, in See, that's Italy. why I just mumbled for like three seconds. is because it doesn't yeah. matter what it Emilia was. Nobody cares. Romagna, Emilia Romagna made in Italy, dude. Yeah. See, mumbling it I don't for remember. me sounds better. Yeah, I know, because I can't remember the whole thing. Okay. So yeah, anyway. I'm, now I'm just going to look it up. I'm just going to say, what a name for a race. It's nice. It's simple. It's to the point. It's Monaco. Well, and, and that's what Monaco is. You know, this weekend is, I mean, it's a crown jewel in Formula One's season for a reason. Um, 78 laps, 3.337 mile circuit with some of the most famous corners in the sport. The first corner into Sandoval, you've got Mirabeau and Casino Square. The Loas hairpin, which is now called like the Grand Hotel hairpin, I think. It's had a bunch of different names. It's the famous really slow um, hairpin left, Hold on. left turn. Talk about the hairpin. Yes. That video I sent you, somebody's yes. in like a, what is that? It's or, like a mini, wasn't it? Or, I don't think or, it was a or, mini. No, anyway. but a, but a, or a Fiat. It was a it Fiat. It was a Fiat. Somebody last week was driving a Fiat on the hairpin and they took it way too fast and tipped it over and rolled the car. That is absolutely what I would do, by the way. I would, I would, I would like cut that, across traffic and like go right on the curbs. But I would do it in a car that could handle it, not that top heavy Fiat and just oh, roll right. it. I mean, unless. So they've had that, like, so every year they repave that section, the section. Every year they put down new paving for, the, they have for this to. race. Can you imagine, like, if you lived... I mean, I, obviously, I'm talking about living in one of the most, you know, exclusive Could you imagine living in, like, one of the most upper-class well, cities in the right. world? Sure. But, like, if you're just, like, driving to work or driving to go get something and, like, suddenly you're, 
driving through a casino or you're in the middle of the tunnel going down to where the Nouvelle Chicane is or you're on the swimming pool section. Or could you imagine you're trying to go to work and some asshole's in a Fiat and flips his car over and you're like, damn it, now I'm going to be late. That would be me, though. That would be me. I'd be like, man, look, I'm, I'm Lowe's hairpin. And I would cut it hard and, yeah. No, but um, like I said, they've got some of the cool sections that the – the tunnel down to Nouvelle Chicane, which is probably the best passing opportunity on the track. It's and then they've the got only passing opportunity on the track. Yeah, probably. Eh, yeah, no, I'd say you can pass on the front stretch if you get right out of, uh, of Noge and, and into it, but you've got the cool, you've got Rascast, the Rascast, the cool restaurant right there. That's right at the, right before the front stretch was another cool area. Cause it's right by right on top of the track. You've got the, all of the, the boats that are in the harbor. Which, did you see how many boats? Like, yeah. uh, I think they posted it this morning. All the boats lining up already. It's nuts. Yeah. Somebody showed a picture of a Ferrari F40 on one of those boats. Like, the Don't guy had his me. Ferrari F40 on the boat. Not surprising at all. Insane. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous car, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, like, actually companies that you can, like, group by that you get in with a bunch of different strangers to watch the race on a yacht. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, actually somewhat affordable. I mean, it's still expensive, but, it, you know, like, you and I are never going to, well, no. probably, I don't want to say never, but we're not going to afford to buy Listen, a yacht. Listen, this together. podcast is taking off, and we're going to do it from the yacht. That would be an episode, man. Do it from the yacht in the Monaco Harbor. All right, so if anybody's got a yacht that they want to let us go over, right. record our podcast, you know, we will uh, twist our arms. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll come over. We'll do it. We'll bring some good beers, and we'll- we will make you laugh. And we'll, we'll teach you what good beer is. Right. And, uh, Here's yeah. the thing. I've been watching this sport for long enough to where I know quite a bit about Monaco and about Formula One. And we'll make you laugh and it'll be fun. So if anybody out there has one and they want us to come do it, I'm in. Yep. All right. So let's get into some predictions, bold takes, Ooh. and betting. Do you want me to talk about betting first or you want to get into Yeah, let's first? get into okay. betting because, yeah. So, you've got the... of course, every time that we do a race, I'm trying to use the same site. So FanDuel um, providing the... Uh, the odds so obviously max is the favorite at a plus 105 Checo a plus 350 who do you think is the uh third uh favorite driver i'm gonna say charles it is it is he's at a 380 right now alonzo is at fourth at a plus 600 science is uh fifth at a plus 2300 and hamilton is a plus 2900 that surprises me that hamilton's that low I mean, I, but well, I also I'm wondering kind if, of so Vegas, Vegas FanDuel, they know what they're doing, and I'm wondering right. if the side pods they're thinking. Well, whatever. it just surprises me that I mean, but it makes sense. It, it's while it surprises me, it also kind of makes sense. I have to really put it in perspective. So I think it's odd though that um, they have they have Hamilton ahead of Russell for their uh, odds to win it, right? But when it's to get points, I think Russell actually has better odds than Hamilton, which hmm. is – oh, no, I'm, I take that back. They're both of the same. They're both points. the same. But, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, we were talking about that with the betting and the predictions is that it might be a little surprising as to what you think is the third place or even fourth place is the Leclerc than Alonso. Um, I do think this is a race that Leclerc can win. Uh, Ferrari has shown that they can qualify very strong. And if they qualify, like we said, 1-2 – you really need to be on that front row, and you can win it. And if they can qualify in that front row, I think they can take it. Um, my, If we're going to jump right into it, my prediction is, my bold prediction, is that we're going to see not a Red Bull in first place. Uh, 
I agree with that prediction because my bold prediction is that Charles Leclerc wins his home race. Wins his home race. Okay. The Monganesque driver wins his home race. I think he takes pole. I think he wins his race. I think the the speed that Ferrari showed at Baku in the slow sections, the speed that they showed until he wrecked at Miami, he was running. He would have, if he finishes that race, he takes pole. Or that lap that he crashed on in Q3, sure. he takes pole. I think maybe, I should say maybe. Now, ultimately, he would not have won the race. He didn't have the race pace. But in this, at Monaco, that doesn't matter. That pace is not going to be, there's not enough, uh, I don't think. You can block enough to stop right. uh Red Bull car from making a, like a huge pass like right. he did at like Miami. And if you can, the only, the only really, the really the only place to pass, if, if he takes pole and let's say Max or Checo's right behind him, the only way to pass him is to overcut or undercut him. It's to pass him in the pits. Now that, that certainly is a hundred percent possibility. We definitely know that with the way that Ferrari have bungled their pit strategy for the last few uh, you know, in, in the last two races. Well, I shouldn't say last two because he had he had a, a failed drive shaft two years ago, and then last year he just got kind of messed. He just got kind of screwed out of it by a terrible pit strategy from Ferrari. But I I do I agree. I think we see a Ferrari. I think we see him on the front row. I think signs ultimately that leg. We'll see what happens in uh, in practice. I think that that leg's going to bother him. Leg or no leg injury, he's not winning this race. No. And now that, I say, now that I say that, he's going to win it, so yeah. hammer that bet. The thing, yeah, the thing is, it would be really great for Car- for Charles if Carlos was up there to be able to sort of block. Oh, I, yeah. I also think, I think Alonzo is, I think Alonzo might finish, I think Alonzo's got a really good shot at a podium regardless of what happens. Well, of the, course he does, I, and I, I don't disagree with you, but like, you're talking about having like a teammate up to help block. Do you think that, like, at this point in the season with how dominant the Red Bull has been, that other teams, like, you get a guy like Hamilton or Russell or Alonzo up towards the front and they see a guy like Leclerc in first, are they more likely to block to help out to, like, not let a Red Bull win? Like, do you think that that thought crosses Uh, their mind that they're just like, you know what? I think they're, I think for those guys, other teams, I think their mindset is just drive as fast as I can and get it done. For Carlos, Carlos Sainz, I mean, no, I think well, his... Yeah, is, yeah, I agree, but, like, if it's coming down to the last two laps and you see the Red Bulls pressing and there's a Red Bull Mercedes and then the Ferrari, like, and do you think that those Mercedes drivers are like, you know what, I can't catch that Ferrari. The Red Bull can if they get around me. Maybe I throw some blocks to keep them in third. We take the second and that Ferrari gets first. And- uh, I mean, I think that they'll they'll definitely be blocking to keep the Red Bull behind them. I don't think the, the motivation would be to keep so that the... Ferrari wins would just be to keep the Red Bull behind him. The thing is, no, no, no. I'm not saying yeah. for the Ferrari to win to make sure the Red Bull oh, doesn't win. Oh, like, yeah, it's absolutely. Like, regardless, it's like yeah. it doesn't matter who's in front, but like yeah. just saying, yeah. I if agree. that Red Bull yes. gets by me, they got a good shot to win, and I don't want that Red Bull to win. Yes. And so it doesn't matter who's in front of me, teammate or not. I'm blocking my ass yeah. off so that the Red Bull doesn't oh, yeah. win. Yeah, they're not just going to let him by. Yeah, I mean, especially Mercedes and anybody else. If you get somebody like. You know, especially maybe somebody like Alonzo, who's had you know quite a, f- a string of good finishes. He's going to be tough to pass. It's tough to pass anybody at this track. If it gets late in the race, I mean, honestly, I barring you know accident or failure from a part on the car, 
whoever's leading after that round of pit stops, because there'll probably only be one round of pit stops. All right. Whoever's so, leading after that is going to win the race. So, end of the race, we've had some iconic photos of drivers jumping into the pool. Yeah. Daniel Ricardo's probably one of the greatest. Yeah. He, yep. His swan belly flop. Yep. Checo did a front flip. Pretty cool. Yep. Who's taking that photo? I told you. I think it's Charles. Okay. I think it's Charles. I think, I think it's Charles, and and the city of the city of Monaco goes crazy tonight because it will be the first time, in a long time that it, that a Monganas driver has won the Monaco Grand Prix. I think it's Alonso. I think it's ooh, really. You know, I, I think the I pit strategy. They're gonna come out. They're gonna they're gonna play the pit strategy, and they're gonna come out ahead, and they're just gonna be able to defend it and take it. I don't. I do think he's going to be really strong, and it would be the first time, by the way, since Louis Chiron in 1931 in a Bugatti, nonetheless. Ooh, a Bugatti, okay. In a Bugatti, 1931. That was the last time a Monganass driver won. That was the third occurrence of this race. Was <laughs> the, the third. For a minute, I was like, the third. third no, the, the, no third, the, third, the third. The third, okay. Third, three. It started third. in 1929, but that will be, yeah, and... So that was, that will be the, um, it was not even part of the Formula One World Championship then. Does it even count then? Mm-hmm. I guess they technically won the I mean, race. it's still the, the Monaco Grand Prix. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I felt like our bold predictions really kind of jumped into our actual predictions. And they with did. this this track, it's not hard to do. So let's take another round of just like, a little bit more wild, bold predictions. And maybe not even the winner. You know how we normally do it. Like, let's just think of something a little bit more bold. I'm putting you on the spot here, and Dude, I can see. I, I predicted that Charles Leclerc was going to win the race. But he's not that All far right. off, though. He's okay. not that far off. So, Okay. Bold prediction, I think. Because, you know, like in the past, we're like, what's our prediction for the race? And then our bold prediction. like, Right. And it's usually like something like, oh, we think that Pierre Gasly is going to finish the fastest right. lap. No, um, I think we see... Um, I actually think that the, the Merce- it's so hard to tell with Mercedes because these side pods can, can totally change the downforce of the car. We don't really know. I mean, you could look at Mercedes could come out and be, that's a works car. I mean, that's, that car's going to have a strong engine. I don't know how much added downforce they're going to get from this. Really? Really? I mean, so I think they're, they're the big wild card going into this weekend, but we could see. I think Russell. No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different little things that I'm kind of predicting, and I'm I'm sort of leaning towards going a mid pack. Like, we see Russell as the best of the rest outside of just Ferrari and Red Bull. So, so winning. Well, winning the the one point five. Well, I mean, not the podium. No, that, that's actually that's actually probably a good bold prediction because the one point five does include Ferrari and Aston Martin right now. So yeah. that would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think I think we see Russell as that first car so maybe Russell outside wins. of. So my like my bold prediction, uh, my prediction is that, that Charles is going to win. My bold prediction would be outside of that is is that Russell is on the podium and probably the first car behind the Red Bulls. Um. So I, I I think that's a good bold prediction, but looking at some betting odds, I'm looking at some prop bettings uh, outside of Max Leclerc, Checo, Alonso, and Sainz. Everybody has the same odds of winning the hat trick. 
So those drivers I just named have better odds, but everybody else. So you're right. talking about like they're putting Logan Sargent, Nick DeVries, is the same odds as Lewis Hamilton and George Russell to win the hat trick. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's because the hat trick is, like, unattainable for all those guys. I mean, really, no, I think... I, I mean, only... it's really not, though. Like, yeah, okay, so you have to have the fastest qualifier. You put out yeah. one good lap in, Q, in Q3. Oh, fastest lap would be the hardest, I think. Because if you qualify oh, first, you can... you can. It's easier to get the win. The fastest lap would be the hardest. But yep. if you slow up traffic enough, it, it's... Yeah. This is, this is a race, if we're talking about betting, is grabbing one of those ridiculous ones, and you don't even have to put a... Like, all those guys are plus 50,000 odds. So, like, that's a I mean, huge. Like, yeah. If you throw that down and you, it's a crazy bet, but this is one where, like, most races, I'd say they don't have a shot at doing it. This one, I think they do. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. This one is it, so much but weird stuff. Do you remember if you, when but, Ricardo won, you were talking about Ricardo winning. When Ricardo won, I was thinking about this the other day. Ricardo had. Nothing like he had his his engine was, he d- was his struggling. engine was limping, but he defended yeah. the hell out of it. It was an incredible drive. You couldn't, you couldn't get past that was, uh, that was uh, Drive to Survive season one. Yeah, who was behind him? Was that one of the Ferraris Max. behind him, or was it was it Max? Well, Max obviously was behind him. Was it Max? I think that was hey, when you Max was... first. Everybody's behind him. No, no Max I was think... in it because was, they, I think, was season... that Max's first season at Red Bull? Well, when that came out, yes, it yes. was. But um, okay. but yeah, Max was behind him, but. I mean, I'm just saying, like, with with Mercedes unveiling these side pods, we don't know how fast they're going to be. If you can jump on this and throw, like, a tiny bet, that may pay off. Like these, like we said, Total Wolf might have something up his sleeve, and we have no idea what he's doing or no idea that he know. We have no idea the knowledge that he knows. And that Absolutely. car could be lightning fast, and that might be a good bet. But we'll get back to it. I think to our bold predictions outside of what we both said, I think my bold prediction is both Haas cars finish in the points. Mm. We've seen one usually finish like right in the cusp, grabbing one point. I think they're going to qualify well, and they're going to be able to hold their position, and both cars finish within, you know within the points. I, I, I don't I don't hate that. By the way, it was Vettel that was behind him. It was Vettel that that, that Grand Prix finished Ricardo Vettel Hamilton. Yeah, but Vettel was at Ferrari, right? Yeah, Vettel was. Okay. In, yeah, that was when Vettel was in Ferrari. Um, I don't hate that. I actually, I think that's a pretty good prediction. Yeah, I really do. I think that uh, with Haas has, has taken kind of taken a little bit of a step at early early this season. I think some of the things we saw at Baku and what Haas was able to do at Miami, although I think Miami was you know that battle that K Mag had with Leclerc. I think that was more about the Ferrari struggling with with grip and downforce oh, than it was that the Haas is taking is is that much better, but I I, I don't hate it that yeah I, I don't hate that prediction I like that so that's my that's my bolt prediction and I like that okay yeah I certainly do I I think that you're gonna see you're gonna see some guys scoring points this weekend that you might not see you know it's weird how big the cars have gotten here we don't see a lot of. A few years ago, we saw a pretty big accident in Descend to Vote, which is turn one. Um, it seems like the last few years, we really haven't seen anything. You know, it seems like the last few years, we see, we get kind of, um, as long as everybody gets through Descend to Vote, which is kind of a, a funnel into turn one and then up the up the hill, at a, up Beau Rivage and then around Casino. As long as that happens... 
seems like everybody's good into turn one, the very first turn of the race on that first lap. Other than that, I, I mean, I wonder if we're going to see something this weekend going in that first lap. I don't know. Although last year I say that, not last year, I think started under a safety car because it was raining really hard early. Yeah, and I could see goofy. too if, uh, if the Red Bull cars don't qualify well. I could see Max kind of reverting back to his impatience, yep. which like I understand and I get it because yeah. this race, like it is not a patient man's race. It's it's you got to make moves and you got to catch people off guard because there's not a lot of not a lot of passing zones. But right, what if what if this is the race we see the Red Bulls just collide in the sand about first first corner? I don't want to see Checo out. I mean, hey, it, it would hey, be interesting because hey. Checo's such a street. He's been such a good street racer King. on the street courses this year, and this is our fifth out of six. But it would be very interesting to see how he. I, I think qualifying King is going to tell the story. Qualifying, we're going to know by Q three who's going to win this race almost, or who's going to be who who's has gonna, the best shot. Yeah, by the by the first laps of Q three, we're going to know who has the best shot. It's going to if. If Leclerc and Ferrari actually have something for Red Bull, other or is it just going to be Red Bull and, and Checo or Max just dominating this race? Well, hey, if you guys got a bold prediction that you want to share with us, send it our way, and we'll Absolutely. we'll try to like publish it and share it. We'll retweet it. We'll we'll post on Instagram, whatever. Absolutely, but, um, yeah. Power I, slide into those DMs. I think that's a good. What you were talking about is um, like you know, good bold bold predictions is like. I say them wrecking each other, but like that is one. Or yeah, or maybe a bold prediction is that we see that someone who doesn't finish in the front row wins the race. See, I just don't see it. But like, it's all about the pitting strategy. Like, if you have a good pit strategy, you could steal this race. It, we've seen it, it before. It is. I think it's. It, I think it's so important. You don't have to. It's pole is not vital here, but front row is vital. Front row is. Oh, I agree. Front row is vital, and usually it's what seems to happen is it's all it's it all comes down to that pit that pit stop because there's, this is usually a one stop race. They'll start off on softs, and then they'll go to mediums or hards, and they'll finish the race on that because they don't need to go any. And they might actually go to hards. The hards, I wouldn't be surprised to see Red Bull go to hards on there because Red Bull can run forever on those. They're gonna let well, they're gonna let Max run on hards. And not Sergio yep. and yeah, Sergio. well, and that's the and well, no, and that's a good point though. Well, they have to. You have to start the same start the race of the tires you qualify on. Again. Yes, yeah, you're right. So, well, no. Q two. Uh, the the old yeah. rule was Q two. Yeah, whatever you use in Q two, you have to use to start the race. And I wonder if that's what they're going to. You might see something kind of get a little funky. Red Bull pull some strings there. If or you they might do, see, you might see some other teams do that and say, "Hey, let's just like." Get the best we can in yep. Q two, and outlast that team. Yeah. Other teams and start on hards, yeah. and then go as far as we can. I think Red Bull can take the biggest advantage out of that because they can take. I mean, this is a this is a course where it, where you really need. I don't think I I'd say I don't know that we'll see any teams running on hards because you need that that grip that's provided from softs and mediums. Red Bull seem to be able to have the ability to make their tires last a lot longer than anyone else. What they did at Miami what, with Max was pretty impressive, running him on hards for so long and then coming out with mediums, and he was just so fast. But there, there's not as much degradation here, so I think you're going to see the top 10 will mostly be on softs, and then you'll see a move to mediums would probably be my guess. And you're then, probably right. And you're probably right. Knows. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know, but that, but that pit stop – 
and that sequence, the three laps before and the two laps after, are going to be, whenever that comes, that'll be who what decides this race. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with the race this weekend? I think we've covered it. We're, we're running a little long here, folks. So I, oh, yeah. You know. Well, you know what? People, hey, we had, last week it was 20 minutes, man. Yeah, so we're just making up for that time. Right. You know what? We're running long. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's right. You're welcome. Um, so one thing, I got two more things I want to talk about. Okay. One, I want to shout out St. Louis City SC beating Sporting KC 4-0. You got the hat on. Rivalry week, our cross-state rivals, Go City. Yes, uh, sir. Roman Berkey, you are a freaking madman in the net. Um, Blum, great game. Uh, whole team, you know, actually, the whole team, great game. But uh, awesome. With Klaus being out, we've seen a lot of guys step up. I love yep. it, um, beating the rivals. And it wasn't we didn't just beat them. No, we decimated them. We we did, and I we, was in the belly of the beast. Them. I was I was in KC watching that game. <laughs> they have been they've been really they've been throwing a lot of shade on Twitter, Kansas City S, because they call themselves the soccer capital. Well, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Sporting KC's legal team actually filed a lawsuit against a fan podcast in St. Louis because I, I did see this. They call themselves like America's first soccer capital, yeah. and they legit got their lawyers involved. And, Unbelievable. But the best thing about it, though, was that other teams from a lot around the league started taking shots at Sporting Kansas City. Like, no, it's St. Louis. Like, go back to that World Cup team. Yeah, and, 1950. Yeah. So it's great that when they did that, all these other teams, like, like teams that like we're rivals over, like, yeah. you know, like Minnesota, Portland, and they're taking shots at SKC on behalf of St. Louis City. So as they should, man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's nonsense. That. Casey is, for some reason, Casey has this little brother complex with St. Louis, and I don't understand it. It seems like they just want to be, you know, they've got, oh, hey, you know, great, good for you. You've got the, you know, you've got the Super Bowl team and the Chiefs, awesome. I mean, not awesome. I can't stand the Chiefs. No, not awesome. But, but, you know, good for you. But they were throwing shade. You had people throwing shade about losing an NFL team to us. And then a couple years ago, uh, what was what was the old USL team we had? The St. Louis FC. Oh uh, yeah, STLFC. STLFC. Yeah. They made it to like the quarterfinals yep. of the Open Cup, and we played Sporting Kansas City in SKC. Yep. And the chance going like St. Louis, where are you? St. Louis, you suck. It's like your pro team beat a minor league team yep. two to one, <laughs> and you're talking shit. Mm-hmm. So now it's like the tables have turned. You came to the big house. Yep. You know, downtown St. Louis, and we wrecked you. What? Yeah. First year, and we just, uh, we just, and it, it wasn't two to one. It was four, no, it was four nil. And it nil. was a dominant game. Embarrassed you. Dominant. Top to bottom. It was. Edward Leuven is becoming my favorite player on that team. He is fantastic. Ooh, I do agree with you. Tim Parker. Tim Parker is also. A, Tim Parker yeah, plays him. defense in soccer like a defensive defenseman in hockey. He He's does. a bully out there. And I love it. And he holds his line accountable. It's like they come into our box, yep. make him pay for it. And I right. love it. And people They're... dogged him because he had to sit out because he had five yellow cards. Yeah. <laughs> I love that style because no. he's like, if you're gonna score, you gotta earn it. Yeah. And I'm gonna I want I'm gonna I take want, it. In you blood. want a defender like that. You wanted an a Nemanja, I don't know if you remember when when you Manchester United were really good that a Nemanja Vintage style defender, and that's what he is. He's that just that bulldog that yeah. If you're gonna beat me, you're gonna yep. earn it, and I'm gonna yep. take something with me. Exactly. And you're then, gonna come in here, yeah. You you want that? It's gonna cost and then, you. And the next time you come in, you're gonna think about that, like, oh god, he yeah, he took I a shot at me. Him. And uh, right. yeah, 
So Timmy Parker, Timmy Parker has been one of my no, favorite I, I love, to watch. I love watching City, and, man. They've been great. They've and been I, so much fun to watch. And I like to, and, and there's plenty of players. Uh, Giacchini, he played incredible. Had a great um, game, yeah. Our offensive players did, but I got to throw love to the defensive guys because they don't get the glamour, the glitz, the goal scoring, even though no. Timmy Parker scored the first goal in our team history. Not a big deal. But, um, Dude, he, I just love the way he plays. Yeah, he plays great. like a hockey defenseman. He does. I love it. He really. That's a good. That's a really good analogy because he does. And that's like kind of like that bulldog mentality that he has. Yeah. And like you just said, like okay, you come in here, you're, you're not it's, leaving it with everything. It's like Chris Pronger. It's like you can yep. come in front of the net, but I'm gonna make you pay for it. And if you score, yep. like that's on the you know good yep. on you. But like it's gonna hurt tomorrow. Yeah. It's gonna hurt in the it's in, in the next ten minutes. Right. Like you're gonna be sore. So. Right. Yeah. He's. Uh, He's I, this team is so fun to watch, and and it's been such a treat this this summer, being able to watch or the spring and then leading into the summer what we're going to be able to see, and I, I really like that. And also, I love Huge. that they had Taylor Twelman on the broadcast. Yeah, St. Louis native played in the MLS. Um, yeah, that was a lot hey, of fun. MLS, thank you for like recognizing that and putting him on. Yeah, this one. I mean, just great. Well, and I like too that we're you know like they're kind of trying to push rivalries, and you know we lost twice to Chicago. We lost in the USL, and then we lost. We lost once to them. The Open Cup game, like Berkey didn't even play. No, I know. I mean, I know we didn't have Stroud. Didn't I? Don't think Stroud played. No, he didn't. Um, But we have being a new team. You know, you got to build rivalries, and the rivalries don't just come from. But the stuff going back and forth with us and KC. I think KC is our rival. I don't think it's Chicago. I don't Number one, think it because is. we're in the West. Well, so I think I think the Chicago rivalry would be there because the Blues, Blackhawks, sure. Cubs, Cardinals. Sure. But also just like the cross-state rivalry, right. we're going to have that with KC, and Absolutely. I like that natural rivalry. I really think one of the strong rivals that we're going to have, you know, Sporting Kansas City, ironically, one of their big rivals is Minnesota. Yeah. I think one of our big rivals is going to be Portland. We split games with them. Those games are physical. Yep. And I think that's going to be a rival rivalry that starts. It's going to be kind of like the Blues and the Sharks. Sure. That like San Jose, St. Louis, probably no real reason why there's a rivalry, but they always play each other tough. Um, Portland plays a very similar style that STL City plays. So I yep. think that's going to be like a natural, like organic rivalry that starts from on the field and not necessarily location or yeah. off field stuff. Yeah, just just being in conference and, and familiarity. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, in the way that St. Louis plays, I think also breeds to sort of rivalries the fact that they play that in-your-face sort of counter-press style where they they turn it over, they're right back at you, and they you know they're they're not afraid to foul, they're not afraid to play physical. But it's I, fun. I gotta laugh. I did see somebody on the St. Louis City uh, fan page. It was like everyone's our rival. F them, and I'm yeah. like, okay, I like, I like that. It. I like that. I like okay, it. yeah, that's like the it. mindset. Let's do it. I love that. All right. Hey, the last thing that I did want to talk about is. Uh, it is Memorial Day weekend in yep. the States, so I did want to bring up just, you know, honoring those who had died in all U.S. wars. You know, the, this holiday is uh, in remembrance to all those. So, like, while it is a fun, it is an extra day off, you know, we we get the fun racing. Um, you know, there is a thought behind it. So I did just want to bring up that and, and pay my respects to that. So, uh, everybody, if you're doing something fun this weekend, I know here in Missouri, uh, it's lake season that kicks yep. off. Everybody, please be safe. Have fun. Make good decisions. That is the dad and me coming out. But, uh, you know, let's have a fun, safe weekend to kick off summer. It, it's so true, man. You know, you said the dad and you. I found myself this weekend, too, or yet today, like, saying you know, bye to coworkers as I was leaving the office today. 
And a lot of it was like, hey, be safe, man. Be safe this weekend. Well, you know, the reason I say it, too, is like you're going to Lake of the Ozarks this right. weekend. That is one of the most dangerous bodies of waters Absolutely. in North America. So, like, it's just like maybe I'm directing it the big, but I'm also talking to you like, be safe, No, buddy. I, I, I will. No, and, and you're right. If you see a vet this weekend, you see anybody you know who served, tell them thank you. Shake their hand. You know, do whatever you can. Remember those those who served. It's, it's, it's such a privilege. So, all right, guys. Yeah, like I said, be safe. This Enjoy might be our longest podcast to date. Um, and this it was, was a, a race preview. We had a lot of talk. We, we didn't even one. talk about a race. This was a fun one. This was a great one. This was a great one. All right, everybody. Hey, like I said, have fun this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week. See you.